Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation. Welcome back, everyone. Let's kick off 2021 with the 47th episode of the Pulling Tart Podcast. So sorry for the brief hiatus with no episode last week. My laptop decided to be a jerk and I had to get it fixed. If you already follow me on Twitter, you would have known that. Hint, hint. If you need that Twitter handle again, it is It's R.A. Coon. That's I-T-S-R-A-C-O-O-N. Give me a follow so that you don't miss out on any news about the Pulling Tart Podcast. I'd like to welcome on a very special guest and a good friend of mine, Andrew Brida. Andrew has gotten out of baseball within the last couple of months after working 11 years in MILB. We worked together during my time at the Delmarva Shorebirds, where he was the Director of Business Development. He also spent time working for the Durham Bulls. Can't wait to catch up with Andrew Brida right after this break. Brida, welcome on to the Pulling Tart Podcast. How's everything going since you got out of baseball? How's the new town, the new baby, all of it? Man, everything is great. First off, Bobby, thank you so much for having me. Um, And a big congratulations to you as well. Um, I know uh, you had a big date, uh, unfortunately, that I missed out on. Um, but, uh, congratulations to you and your wife, but, uh, man, things are great. Uh, we love it down here in Alabama. Um, it's a bit different from the, uh, from Delmarva, but we, we, we do enjoy it. And, uh, I don't think we're going to be moving anytime soon. (laughs) Nice. Nice. Thank you again. Um, but yeah, it's, it's great to see you again. Um, but yeah, I wish you could have been there obviously, but, uh, I know, you know, you're settling in to a new job, new town, new state, all of that. So, um, again, congratulations. So what was the deciding factor in you leaving baseball after 11 years in the industry? You know, it was a, it was a tough decision uh, that I had to make for, you know, my family. Um, yeah. Though I enjoyed it. And all the experiences and all the times that I had in, in, in baseball, it was great. But, you know, to spend time with my family, uh, we had another, another little one on the way. Um, and, you know, I, I looked at it as, you know, spending time with them, spending time with my wife, uh, you know, new challenges that I wanted. And, you know, the time, the time that you're going to miss out on, things um like i did with my my first newborn or my first kid um that you know being at the stadium for 12 hours a day was tough but uh to experience it now with the new one you know 
you missed out on so much, but now you get the experience for the second time. Right, right. Yeah, that was kind of, you know, one of the factors of me getting out, too, was, you know, getting married and, you know, wanted to spend that new time with family and friends and hopefully start a family of my own someday. Um, and the hours just just didn't pan out, you know. Uh, um, but I'm hoping to get back over to the Shorebirds to see some games and have a few beers out on that new 360 deck and... Uh, I'll just analyze the shit out of them using that video board. Yeah, of course. I mean, they're they're always making changes, and, and uh, you know, I still check in with them, and I know they're they're still adding stuff right now and, and making it a better place. And you know, from when I started in 2013 to where it's come to right now, before I left, I mean, it's it's night and day. Uh, it's probably it's it's in the top tier of some of the ballparks that I've been to, and you know. It's awesome to see what they've done and been able to do. Oh, yeah, for sure. So people that are in the industry know, like, basically, you're either lifers or it's a revolving door, right? So, and you kept a list of name tags in your office on your wall of people that left. You know, some people were there longer than others. But how many name tags were on your wall in your office after the eight years that you were there? (laughs) So I missed out, I think, on on a couple. Um, I think there was maybe two or three that I may have missed out on. Um, But I I will call them, they were known as the Fallen Soldiers, Mm -hmm. um, as I like to dedicate them to. Uh, But... I think when I left, and I did pass this along, um, so there is someone at the Shorebirds that uh, that has the 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 names now. But I want to say there was about twelve there. Okay. Um, so, and there was some that you know, uh, my name of course is now added to it. But uh, there were some. I think one was only there for two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> um, his name was added on there, and there were some there that were there for three or four years um maybe a little bit longer but yeah it's the uh, fallen soldiers they uh they they may leave us but they don't die yeah i thought i thought that number was going to be way more honestly no well that's the thing i mean when i first started um i started with someone else um and that was in february 2013 he made it a season and of course i i made it a little bit longer than that mm-hmm. but uh after that like i said i didn't have his name i think there was about three or four others um so i mean if you add those if i get everyone's name yeah you're probably looking about i would say anywhere from 16 to 18 names um okay you know and and those i will say those made the uh the trek from different uh cubicles Mm -hmm. to the office to actually multiple offices uh but they're always up there for a reminder for everyone so you say between 16 and 18 and your eight years at the shorebirds and i always gave the shorebirds credit and the fact that they were able to keep a lot of people for a long time you were there for eight years yep. harms has been there for <laughs> long, he there. He, he longer started, than you he i started in 2013 he started i believe in october of 2012 so a couple months longer than me i mean um jimmy sweet's been there for 
Oh, a I, long time. I, yeah, he's got to be getting close to twenty years, maybe. So that would put that would put the GM Chris Bitters at like what eighteen years? Yeah, something uh, like maybe, that. Maybe a little bit lower, but yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah, and then yeah. and then Ben Posner's been there for a long time as well. Yeah. Um, I mean. That is, you know, the Shorebirds have been able to keep a lot of people there a long time. Whereas with the Snappers, when I was out there in Beloit, I was in my fourth season. Well, after my after my third season, I was the longest tenured employee. Um, so that just shows you a little bit of, uh, you know, it depend it depends on the team, it depends on the market. Um, and it depends on the paychecks, clearly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, when I was with Durham, you know, we – I was a part of – I was one of four interns, full-time interns, as mm-hmm. they called us. And that was on the group side. Then on the ticket side, um, I believe there was three or four. That was – that's your true minor league. That was the revolving door. Yeah. That constantly – you know, they were – Maybe one or two of them um, would be then moved to full time, but other than that, they kind of just kept on moving. Yeah. So when you were with the Shorebirds, your main so well during the season you managed a lot of the game day staff, but in the off season, your main um, duty was sales, corporate sales, some ticket sales. Yep. Um, group sales, all that. So I, I always ask the people that are heavily involved in sales, what's the number one secret to sales? I don't think there's a secret to it. Uh, you know, you might some might some experts might say there is, but I learned over the years is you got to be yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you can't change anything about you you can't go in there and be someone you're not you have to have that connection with them to make that sale um you know you and you probably see it in your new job mm-hmm. but you want to become their friend yeah before you go and drop this ten thousand fifteen thousand dollar package in their lap and oh, say yeah. hey this is what i got for you let's sign it right um and that's that was my success i, I the the slogan i would i used to use um, was, you know, yeah, it's great. I want you to come out to a game, but I'd rather you come out to five to 10 games down the road. You know, I don't sure. want you to, yeah, that's great. You're coming out for one game. Enjoy yourself. I want you to have a great time, but I want you to come keep coming back. Yeah. You know, that's, that's the biggest thing. Okay. So you, you've been in the game for a long time. What was the best promotion that you were a part of and the worst promotion that you were a part of you know i I, i've been thinking about this for a while and i can't say that i had a favorite promotion you know there was just so much because i guess i was on the other side of it you know i was the one passing the bobbleheads out or the ones passing the hats out um i've seen some that flop um, the one that I did bring to mind, it was, uh, <laughs> I went to a game in Hagerstown, um, and they gave away a bobblehead of the person that came up with, uh, and now I'm drawing a blank, but it was, a, a hot sauce. 
Tabasco. I think it was Tabasco sauce. And they did a mini bobblehead of that guy. And yes, there was people lined up to get it, but I'm pretty sure at the end of the game, they were still passing those out. (laughs) Now, I know it is Hagerstown, and that's a big difference, but, uh, you know, still, it wasn't wasn't your Manny Machado or your, you know, your Adam Rutschman. I mean, you know, so, and I, you know, and I can say that I haven't really been to too many other promotions other than ours. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I won't bring any teams up, but I did go to a Friday night game. That was a promotion at a affiliate, um, in the, I want to say it was in June and they had a big promotion. And I want to say there was only like 500 people in the stands, a beautiful night, great game, great night for baseball. But yeah, there's about 500 fans and the promotion was not good. (laughs) You know, and that's. That's kind. Of, it. I don't want to say it's the luck of the draw, but it kind of is. Um, you know, I've been a part of some, you know, promotions that I spent like next to no money on in my promotion budget, and yet, in in now, granted, it didn't sell out or anything like that, but it got us some recognizable. Um, you know, articles in like Baseball America and like, um, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, one that comes to mind was I, I tried to capitalize on a former Beloit snapper making it on, or he won the Bachelorette. And, um, so I tried to capitalize on that and spent next to no money on it. Um, but then, you know, and you were there for, for this one, I really pushed hard for a Jimmy Allen bobblehead and I and I wanted to to even like get him to come out. Would it have made it made a big difference? Who knows if he would have if he would have came out. But um you know Jimmy Allen at the time was a number one you know he had a number one hit song on the country radio charts and he was from 45 minutes away from our ballpark. So Maybe it was too far. Who knows? But it it didn't do as well as I had hoped, clearly. Yeah. Well, I will say there are some, I don't know if you want to call them duds, mm-hmm. um, that you talk about in, in the meeting rooms <laughs> um, yeah. that just don't work out. Now, we've, we've had a couple of those that uh, we, we push this aside, laugh about them, and, and don't ever bring them up back <laughs> again. And I don't know. I don't know who listens to your podcast, so I'm not going to name any of those. But, uh, but yeah, there's some pretty bad ones there. Yeah, I can throw myself under the bus all day. I don't care. But um, <laughs> we're going to take this opportunity to cut to a break real quick, and we're going to come right back with uh, more of Andrew Bride and I's conversation right after these messages. Welcome back, Brida. Again, thank you so much for taking the time out of your evening. So what's the craziest situation that occurred during a game that you had to assist with? 
I, I know that I can name a couple, honestly. Yeah, yeah. So, all right, the, the first one, I mean, in Durham, um, like I said, I was there uh, two seasons I spent up in the press box uh, and then one as a salesperson. Um, but uh, so my first one, and it's, it's kind of funny, I, I actually chuckle about it all the time, is it was 70s night at the okay. Bulls. Um, which, you know, if anybody knows the Bulls, they don't do a lot of promotions, uh, don't do a lot of giveaways. They're, they're the cream of the crop. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they're the top dogs. And this is the one time we did a 70s promotion. Me and another salesman, we dressed up as the Blues Brothers. Okay. So I got, I got black shoes on, black pants, white shirt, skinny black tie, you know, sunglasses, hat. And of course, it's like, 90 something degrees out mm-hmm. and um so we're we have a i have a group in a catered area uh, up on the i guess it's the third second third floor however you want to call it there mm-hmm. and uh go up there check how they're doing and my uh, host or my lady approaches me and says hey there's a guy in here that nobody recognizes <laughs> i'm going okay this is this is great. So uh, at the time, I radio my boss, uh, tell him to come on up, and ask the lady to point him out to me. I go approach him, um, and I ask, and, you know, and I guess any minor league ballpark does this, but, you know, everybody's got a blue wristband on. Mm-hmm. Um, so he had his blue wristband on, and looking at it talking to him oh you know and he's making up excuses oh my wife got me this ticket this is her company blah 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 and sure enough the guy had used blue painters tape to connect the blue wristband um so we ended up you know throwing him out um you know, or, or I think we actually tried to charge them too, like full price for the ticket. <laughs> um, we were in, by that time it was me, my boss, my GM, um, and uh, I think there might have been we might have even gotten security as well. But uh, we escorted him out. Come to find out, he was parked in our players' lot. Nice. And we asked him how he got in. Well, then he said he was a scout for the Mets. So we something was funky with this guy, oh, yeah. and we end up calling the uh, our, well, we, our we had police there, so they came out with us. They end up searching his car, and he had I think it was like over twenty or thirty fake uh, press badges. Really. Yeah, so he would make his way, and I guess he had actually come into the Bulls press box. Uh, he had done games, um, and it was he ended up. I think that I don't know if he got arrested, but there was some shady stuff. I mean, I, you want to talk about someone that was dedicated to the game? I believe he had uh, he had books from like every single team of who the contact was, the players to watch. Uh, who the front office was, the person in the press box. Like, this was absolutely insane. Wow. And so our uh, our GM, uh, he's there now. He's the vice president. He he kicked him out and, uh, nice. <laughs> and asked to never come back again. And I believe they, they took everything from him and 
kind of got him out of there. But, uh, but yeah, that was one of that. Of course, I mean, of all nights in the seventies gear in the Blues Brothers, you know, <laughs> right. I'm s- sweating like. There's no end, and I'm like, "What is this guy doing? Come on, of all nights, you got to do this." <laughs> so that was, you know, that was Durham. The other one I have from Durham was, of course, it was the, uh, it was a, a rain. Uh, we had put the tarp on. It was raining. It was pouring actually, and uh, we're all kind of sitting around. We know this is a short uh, rainstorm. It's going to blow over. We're going to be able to finish the game. Sure. Well, we had a we had a lucky fan that wanted to try his luck. Let's Ooh. say it that way. Okay. Um, so he pretty much sprinted down from the second level down the first level, hopped the fit, hopped the you know the fence by the dugout, ran from I would say from first base tarp side all the way to third base tarp side slid a couple times before our groundskeeper could get out. He ends up uh, getting away, hops over the third base side, uh, runs out of the stadium, and, of course, our grounds crew follows him. Our, ground, our head grounds crew at the time, he ends up slipping, I think, once or twice over by the third base side trying to catch him. Wow. They get out, and if anybody's ever been to Durham, there's a, there was a bar that was across the street. It was actually a pizza place and a bar and a little walkway in between. And that's where the story kind of gets hazy, I guess you can say. Okay. Um, but he was chased down all the way through there, got tackled by the bouncer <laughs> at the local bar. Nice. And I guess when he tackled him, it wasn't uh, it wasn't a nice tackle. It was more of a spear. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, he was then arrested and uh, taken away from there. But uh, that's the that's the two stories that I remember. Uh, you know that that where I was kind of involved when trying to trying to figure this out. Um, and the one that I'm I guess you can say I'm kind of famous for Delmarva is uh, is tackling the guy on the second level of the uh, stadium. Uh, <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, so that one you know as kind of a guide as someone ran on the field. Was that the guy with <laughs> yeah. the with the American flag? No. No, okay. that's a different story. Okay. <laughs> that's, a, that's a different one. But no, this guy, he ran on from first base, uh, ran behind home, one of our groundskeepers threw a, a, a broom or a rake at him, tripped him up. He got up, ran up the third base side of, by the dugout, ran to the second floor, uh, was being chased by uh, two of our members, uh, our assistant GM, Jimmy Sweet, and someone else. But uh, And the guy failed to realize that I was on the second level with my uh, radio in hand and tackled him down. <laughs> uh, and then from that point, he was uh, escorted out. But nice. no, that was with the uh, international students. Oh, yes, I did hear about that. From that one, so... But, you uh, you but gotta yeah, no. love the international students' enthusiasm. Um, <laughs> they're they're cheering like it's a like it's a soccer game. They're they're all from Ireland, right? I I can't remember. I, I honestly I can't remember. Um, but I can't remember on that one. That, but that, they bring they, flags. They yeah, they they go all out. They 
they don't understand the rules, but I like I like their enthusiasm for sure. Yeah, the other thing, the other one I will mention, and I I was the one that noticed it, but it goes actually back to kind of team up with the the tarp pool. Is we had just pulled tarp, and I don't know if you were there, Bobby, on this one, um, but we pulled tarp. It was absolutely pouring, and you know when it rains, everyone tries to find cover. Uh, so everyone had gone to the second level. And it was a, it must it had to be a Saturday night because we had a good, good in house that night. Mm-hmm. Uh, fans stands were packed, and it was metal bleachers. We still had the metal bleachers. Uh, there, yeah, my first year was was the one without the metal bleachers with okay. all individual seats. Yeah. Okay, so it was pouring down rain. Everybody had gotten up, and I look over on the third base side, and there's a guy sitting in the bleachers in the pouring down rain. And I'm talking like you can't even see your hand in front of you. Yeah. And the sheriff's <clears throat> the sheriff's there with me, and I'm like, "What is this guy doing? Like this? The, there's something going on." <laughs> so we end up walking up to him, and come to find out that he was absolutely plastered. Nice. Fell asleep and was sleeping in the rain on the bleachers. Wow. And we literally had to wake him up and and kind of escort him out. Wow. <laughs> But yeah, that was. I mean, I'm not talking like that's a whole nother level of plastering. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and his friends had left him. His I don't know if it was his family, I, but everyone had left him. It was just him. Mm-hmm. He was just sitting there by himself in a row that could fit, you know, fifty, sixty people, and he was right in the middle of it, pouring. Wow, I do also remember, and I alluded to this earlier, but. Because I was the one that spotted it and called it out on the radio. Was it was the Fourth of July? Uh, yeah, yeah. We always played on the fourth. Yeah, so yep, yep. it was the Fourth of July, and that guy ran onto the field with the giant American flag. No, it wasn't July Fourth. It was a Sunday afternoon game. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was another one. Yeah, he had. <laughs> he was a. Uh... Ex military, I think. Um, he was ex military, and he had stolen a flag from across the street. Yeah, that our GM had, I guess you could say, planted or put up. Um, and he had come in. <laughs> he had come in on the third base side, ran all the way down, and somehow timed it perfectly that it was in between innings. Yeah, <laughs> ran down the third base side. And then up the first base side, and that's when we we stopped him. Yeah, because I remember you running and chasing him, and I was on the radio because I saw him walking down the stairs, and I said, "I said, there's a guy with a big flag that's walking down the stairs towards the field right now." Um, and then you know that kind of alerted everybody, and you were chasing him, but also they were trying to do an in-between innings promotion too yes and so like people didn't know exactly where to look and it was just really (laughs) awkward yeah yeah that was like i said there's been many um and and i guess we'll end on this one because this is always a good one i think you were there for this one bobby but this is the off season okay this is the off season and we had a family come to the stadium to use the restroom. Oh, okay. I can see where this is going. When the family left, we realized someone had pooped in the urinal. 
<laughs> so you want to talk about crazy in the, story in the one happen. in the one urinal that we have in the off the season? Two, the two. There's two of them. Okay, there's yeah, there's two of them. Two of them on the bottom floor, but yeah, someone had pooped in the urinal, uh, and unfortunately, we didn't. We did, they were here to see the stadium, and they used the restroom, and then they left. <laughs> that is ridiculous. Who poops in a urinal? Yeah, exactly, oh exactly. Gosh. So, but wow, uh, that was that's the off season story there, man. So. You, well, I'll tell I'll tell an off season story, and I wasn't even there for this one, um, but this was in Beloit, and so this was passed on, you know, if you will, generation to generation, um, and this girl was jogging. So the stadium, or you know, it's not really a stadium; it's a field with bleachers. Um, so the the quote unquote stadium is in the middle of a a city park and this girl was jogging through the park and she stopped in the front office to use the restroom she asked you know hey can i use the restroom sure and so and and this is also janky is that the front office shared a restroom with the coaches like so there's there's two awkward. there's two doors on so like you know like if you're if you're sitting on the throne and the left door is to the front office and the right door is to the coach's office so like you got to make sure you lock both sides so this girl gets in there and they lock both sides she locks both sides and um you know everybody else is like doing their sales calls and you know whatever they do in the off season And, like, an hour goes by, and somebody says, like, did that girl ever leave? And they try to, they try to open up the bathroom, and they can't get it open. Well, they go, they go to the other side, and they, they can't get that side open either. She locked both sides. And, like, oh, shit, like, what do we do? So they were, they ended up, like, getting, like, a crowbar, and, like, prying this door open, and they got it open enough to see this girl like laying on the floor. Like, oh wow. And and they so they like hurried up, they broke they broke the door open. Um they like she apparently had like either her phone or like some sort of pocketbook or whatever. Um and they they got like her mom's phone number and they called her mom. Her mom came and got her. But there's just shit all over the walls. All like all over the toilet, all over the sink, all over the floor, everywhere. And so they, so this girl's mom comes, picks her up, they and they leave. And like, they're like, the GM at the time was like, "What the fuck are we gonna do? <laughs> like with this bathroom." So, like, the stadium ops guy and the groundskeeper at the time, so they had access to, like, hazmat suits. So, like, they went and got the hazmat suits, and they cleaned it all up, but, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess I have a a, a, kind of a story just like that, and uh, I'll just be the last one. I mean, I have a bunch of stories just because I've been in so long, but we had a a media person, like, you were at the 
at the Shorebirds when I was with Durham. Um, but, you know, our, our thing in Durham was we have a game, we go over to the bar, have a couple beers, we go home. Sure. And, that, and, and we did that, I mean, majority of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so our media person at the time, and we, we did not, no, nobody liked her. Okay. Nobody was a fan. Um, she thought it would be cool that she brought her big Apple computer up to the press box and took over, you know, two spots where the press sit so she could do her work up there. And everybody kind of just, you know, was just, just didn't like her. Okay. Um, and so one night and it's, it's like a Tuesday night game. And I mean, you know, we had a good crowd, good weather. And I think that was the night, you know, that night we, we didn't go to the bar. Like, we all just went home. We're like, oh, we'll go home. We'll, we'll go out tomorrow. We'll go out Thursday. Right. And I ended up getting a call from the bouncer. I want to say it was like 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. So the bar's been closed. In North Carolina, the bar's closed at 2. And he calls me and he's like, Hey, I know you're sleeping, but one of your employees is up here and I don't want to call the big man. Can you help me out with this? And I'm like, okay, well, first off, who is it? He tells me and I'm like, okay, well, what happened? Well, I guess that night she decided that it was a good night to drink. I think it was straight vodka um, or it was some type of liquor that she just was just drinking it straight up. No chaser, no mixer, no nothing. And I guess that he went to go leave and found her in her car, door open, passed out with the seatbelt on. She had thrown up all over her clothes, her steering wheel, everywhere. And so he had called me and he's like, yeah, hey, I'm looking at her. Like, can you come up here? And at the time, I literally lived five minutes from the stadium. Yeah. So I said, all right, well, give me a minute. I kind of process everything. And he's like, okay, well, I'm going to go get some water and bring it back to her. I'm like, okay, that that sounds good. And we'll figure this out. We got to take her home or take her to the stadium, let her sleep it off the next day. He was gone a total of, I think he told me, 10 minutes, maybe not even that. And he came back, and she was gone. Oh. Like, vanished. Car, everything. The only thing that was there was there, her, her. she had pushed her puke out the door, and it was sitting in the spot that she was parked. Oh. And that was it. And then he called me, and I'm like, okay. And of course, she didn't show up to work for, like, the next two days, but... Yeah, that was, you know, I don't know if she just had a bad day or if that was just minor league baseball just getting to her. Gee whiz. So, and I and I know you kept a tally of how many tarp pulls we did on your whiteboard each season. What was the record, by the way? So I think when I started doing it, I think, and I, I should have taken pictures, but I think the record was like 39. Okay. Um, and that was, I will say, that was a little skewed because uh, we started hosting UBS games. Oh, uh, um, yeah. We, we'd start pulling tarp in the beginning of February when it was cold and absolutely awful. That was terrible. Um, 
Yeah, you know, so that was that year was pretty bad. Um, I know our GM at the time, he's told me uh, some some numbers that he's trying to keep track of, but he said that was probably the most that they had in a while. Okay. Um, but I think the funniest thing, or the craziest thing, I will say, is, I mean, we're all going through this COVID right now, and even with COVID last year, we still, or well, my last year there in 2020, we still pulled tarp one time. <laughs> Why was that? <laughs> For, for we had a UMS game. It was for oh. college, so we had we at least pulled tarp one time in 2020, and that was it. Wow! Did they end up? Did they end up playing their full season or no? No, no. Okay. They played a couple games, and then they end up. I think they canceled a couple, and then I think like a week later they canceled everything. Wow! They canceled their entire basketball season. I think they canceled all sports. Yeah, that's for rough. the whole for this semester. That's rough. Yeah, Man. yeah. So, so I know for a fact that you have some great tarp pulling stories, <laughs> and you can embarrass whoever you want because you don't work in baseball anymore. Exactly. So, exactly. Well, so let's right. hear some tarp stories. So, the first thing I will bring bring up, Bobby, is you asked. I think you asked this question a couple episodes ago to someone and asked them what you know what you have to remember about pulling tarp what's mm-hmm. the one thing you have to do and i forget the answer that he gave but if i tell anybody getting into minor league baseball and you're gonna have to pull tarp the number one thing you have to remember is to keep running yes Don't stop yeah for for no reason at all you have to keep running mm-hmm. if you stop at any point it's see you later you're done you're out of here. Yeah, you're 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 uh, you're not gonna like you're not gonna like where you end up. <laughs> that's for sure. So that's I always remember that. And when anybody else started with the shorebirds, uh, I told them I said the number one thing you have to remember is don't stop running. Just yep. keep going. So, um, but no, the first I will say my first ever tarp pull uh, goes back to Durham. Their tarp was in. On third base side, uh, we got we got the call. Head on down to the tarp, and at the point they had a uh, tarp cover. Okay. So in between innings, we took that off, mm-hmm. and you know we're sitting there ready to push it out, push it out. In the middle of play, it's not raining yet. I'm thinking, all right, I'm gonna get ahead of the game. Well, we had tarp covers on the end okay that covered just the the where you, the handles yeah or just the end of it just to keep it looking nice over that area so my thought is all right i'm gonna get ahead of the game let me go ahead and get this off the field man i got lit up oh yeah <laughs> i had about 30 people on the radio yelling at me put it back put it back you gotta put it back on they called they paused the game they waited me waited for me to put it back on because uh, that's injury to everybody. But that was uh, that was my first ever tarp pull, and I will say that uh, I didn't have to. <laughs> I learned my lesson right there, mm. um, and didn't have to uh, screw that up in Durham. That's for sure. Wow. But uh, so other tarp pull stories. So this one, I will say, I was at the. Uh, I'm a avid goer of going to different stadiums. Yeah, I love it, and. I went one year and went to the Richmond Flying Squirrels. Okay. 
Um, and it's an old stadium, but it, it's still classic. Mm-hmm. It's still one of the classics. And we knew rain was coming, and I think they got a couple innings in, and of course they go to run and put tarp on. So I believe this lady was their on-field host. Okay. Uh, bigger lady, and they get the tarp out. They're running for their life because it's it, it came and it was like someone turned on a faucet, and all of a sudden she disappeared. And what's and what's that number one rule, Bobby? You keep running. Yep. She did not keep running, and I will say at the very end she came out, and it, it looked like I, I, I don't get too graphic, but it, it, she she came out looking like uh, like someone was giving birth. Ooh. <laughs> um, nice. She had gotten wrapped up in the tarp, and she got out. She got a standing O from everybody, but that was. That was a pretty bad, uh, pretty bad thing to watch. Mm. Um, you hate so, to I see mean, it. Yeah, I mean that was that was that one uh, from the Shorebirds. My first year there, um, someone decided that it was a good idea uh, to run so fast that they hit their knee on their head and gave themselves a concussion. Oh my gosh! And then I think they got stitches. I think we stopped for that one. I can't remember. Um, what? Yeah, but uh, they somehow running up. I, I forget where it was exactly. We're a part of the field, but yeah, they uh, their knee hit their head, and he didn't know where he was at. He was he was completely <laughs> out. Do I know that person? <laughs> What's that? Do I know that person? No, I think he was. It was uh, Matt. He was our old uh, operations guy. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know him. Yeah, so, but, yeah, that was, uh, that one was bad. Um, man, there's so many, I mean, I don't think you were ever there for Bobby, but when we were first started, we had a pretty bad tarp, and, I mean, to dump that thing full of water uh, in the dugouts and anywhere else we could to just make the water drain, that was... That's a that's that's a different story. Well, you guys had that. a bad field too. Yeah, we had a field wasn't great. Um, drainage system wasn't great. Yeah. There was no handles on the tarp. Oh, um, yeah. You know, so it was it was pretty bad. Um, the other one I'll bring up, and this one happened. I forgot about this one. This one happened in Durham. Uh, but uh, we had it was Scout Night. It was Girl Scout Night. Okay. And we had all these girls on the field. And we get a... Sorry about that, if everybody can hear that. Uh, that's my dog going absolutely crazy. Give <laughs> a little play-by-play here. That's okay. But uh, um, it was Girl Scout Night at the Bulls. We had a call at 11 or 12. Me and my roommates have been drinking. Having it, we had a night off. We didn't have to be at the stadium till like two the next day or something like that. Mm-hmm. We get a phone call like, "Hey, you guys need to get up to the stadium right away. Like the rain is coming. We have to get the girls off the field. We have to put tarp on. Like we have a big game tomorrow. Oh. It was like Saturday or I think it was a Saturday night game. I think we had you know fireworks, and everything. So we had to do it. So I, of course, have been drinking. It wasn't a pretty sight." 
I got there. Me and me and the other two guys that I was rooming with, we got there about five minutes too late. They had already put the tarp on the field. They had gotten the girls all to the uh, to other places. Parents had picked them up and everything like that. And then our at the time, I think it was our three. I think we had three or four female employees. They were like passed out in the uh, uh, in the dugout just because they had, it was like six of them trying to pull tarp, and there yeah. was only two guys and everyone else. So. Wow. Man, jeez. I uh, (laughs) so in Beloit, we worked with a small staff, and I think that year, you know, we had like six staff members. But this was a high school game, and so one staff member was in charge of the stadium while the high school games were going on we all took turns and this was my turn and there's and there's one groundskeeper as well like an assistant groundskeeper usually um and so you know storm comes rolling in and that year because we had such a small staff we tried to roll the tarp up with a rope in it so that we so that we could hook it up to um, the Polaris Ranger and and then, you know, help help pull it out um, from the wall. And so, um, you know, we're in a hurry. You know, they hook up the rope to the Polaris Ranger. They tell me to hop in the front seat and drive the Polaris Ranger. And they're like, go, go, go. So I put the pedal to the metal and I put the biggest rut in this, in this field um, luckily it was in foul play. Um, so it wasn't, it wasn't in fair play clearly. Um, but it was like right next to first base, like, you know, oh, probably, probably like 10 feet beyond first base, but like, you know, like right in that line. Um, and I give credit to the head, head groundskeeper. He's, um, I've actually had him on this podcast, a friend of the program, Zach Ricketts. He's uh, an assistant groundskeeper for the Oakland A's now. And okay, yeah. he he could, he, like, honestly, he made that field look beautiful with, like, the smallest <laughs> budget ever. And, like, this is Beloit we're talking about. Like, this isn't, like, the cream of the crop, you know, like, baseball fields. Like, and he he did a great job, and he... And I showed it to him the next day, and he's like, don't worry, I'll take care of it. But this rut had to be, like, a foot deep, honestly. Now, i got to ask this question, and I think it only happened once or twice in in, uh, Delmarva. Have you ever been part of, it it was, like, raining so hard to Wendy that you lost lost the tarp? Um, maybe once in Beloit. But I know for a fact that it happened at least two or three times when I was in Dalmarvo. Yeah, I was going to say, I think it happened, uh, I, I'm trying to remember, I, I don't think it did, it, it didn't happen our uh, our 21 inning game, did it? No, no, it didn't happen that game. Okay, okay. I knew that was, I remember that game, I knew we had to put the tarp on it, 2 a.m. or whatever time that was, but... Uh, that was incredible, and, and quite <laughs> frankly... We will never see that in minor league baseball no. ever again. No. We we no. were the last game <laughs> to go that long. Twenty one innings over the span of two days, and yep. so 22 innings. 
Oh, yeah, 22 innings over this span of two days. And, and then we had a giveaway on the next day. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was rough. But but I remember, so so we pulled tarp. It was like one forty-five in the morning, and the game is tied at, what was it? It was like 3-3 or 4-4, four, yeah. something yeah, was, like that. Was, I think it was 4-4 four, because four, I think we lost 5-4. Yeah, so, so I'll never forget it. Alejandro Javier, he... <laughs> He hit an RBI double to tie it up in the bottom of the eighth, I want to say. Yeah. And and so and then this game just kept on going. Oh nobody nobody could get any runners on base. Nobody could score a run. And it went until 1.45 in the morning, and it started pouring down rain. And we had to yeah. put the tarp on the field. And so so you know by the time we left. It was, oh God, I think it was like by 2.30. The, by the time I left, it was probably like 3 o'clock in the morning. Um, and then I was, then we were back at 7 a.m. to take the tarp off the field. Oh, that's right. Because it stopped raining and it was sunny. That's right. So I, I, I totally forgot about that next morning. I remember sitting at IHOP the next morning <laughs> after we take the tarp off the field. And I'm just so tired. But, of course... I was our social media manager, so my phone is blowing up our t- yeah. our Twitter, our Facebook, everything because we got picked up by Baseball America, um, yeah. you know, like USA Today, like all this stuff, and like the you know that was cool. I remember I remember that part, and then we played the next day where we picked up, and I think it was it was the first batter, and he hit yeah, a, he hit a solo. Was. It was it was the bottom of the twenty second, top, top, top of the top of the twenty second. You're right, yeah. top of the twenty second because we were home. Uh, top of the twenty yeah. second, and he hits a solo bomb, and I was just like, oh shit! Yeah. And and then well, we couldn't get anybody on base. The bottom of the twenty yeah. second. So and I think at that I, we were. I, I want to say it was around the nineteenth or twentieth inning. I think we all looked at each other and were like, well, let's just break the record. Like, yeah. let's just go for the record and, and call it a day. And then, of course, everything happened. And I remember, like, all right, guys, here comes the rain. <laughs> you got to be kidding me. It's one thirty in the morning. We're uh, we're going to pull tarp and uh, finish this game tomorrow. Yeah, that was wild. Yeah. Yeah, that was a uh, that was experience. But, you know, I think, uh, yeah, I mean, pulling tarp is, uh, is an art. It, it sure really is. is. It's it's not. Uh, I've seen some things get pretty bad. I've seen. Uh, I wasn't there for it, but I think it was. I believe it was Richmond. I think Richmond left, lost their tarp over the right field wall. Oh goodness! Uh, but uh, but yeah, I, I, I've I've seen it all. <laughs> There's. Yeah. I think you could have a, another part another podcast of just tarp pulling stories. I know. <laughs> Well, I, I picked this title because that is like, you know, you haven't worked in minor league baseball until you pulled tarp. Until you pulled tarp. Or until you've been a mascot. Yes. And I, and I do, and since you brought that up, I will bring up a story my first year with the Shorebirds about the mascot. Because we had an intern, a short one, but we had an intern in the mascot suit. We did an appearance at Dairy Queen. And... <laughs> and all I can remember is 
the intern was talking to kids in the mascot suit. <laughs> that's the that number one the, rule that you can't talk. That's the one rule is you can't talk while you're in the in the mascot suit. And I remember him talking to the kids of, oh, what school do you go to? Or, oh, hey, do you gosh. play baseball? Or, hey, do you like the shorebirds? And, oh, and from that day, I remember walking up to the kid and like, dude, <laughs> you can't do that. Yeah. That's the number one rule. Yeah, exactly. Man. Exactly. So. so you were in charge of scheduling a lot of game day staff when you were at the Shorebirds. What's the worst <laughs> excuse a game day staff member has ever used to call out of work? So, I, I, you know, the one I remember is I had someone that when I first started doing it, I was in charge of amusements. Okay. And when I ran amusements, it was mostly kids in high school. Sure, yeah. Um, I think I had a couple. I think I had like one or two money people um, that, uh, that you know, they just did money, but that was in there a little bit older. Mm-hmm. But I remember I had one girl call me, and her excuse was, hey, I can't come into work because I've been out in the sun all day. And, and I... I <laughs> I, I'm like I am now. I was speechless. I, I kind of was like, what, uh, "Okay, yeah, she, you know." And her excuse was, "Yeah, I've been out of the sun. I went to the beach, and I haven't had lunch, and I haven't gotten any fluids in me." And I'm like, "Well, suck it up. Stop at McDonald's, get something to drink, and yeah, you gotta you gotta be at work in thirty minutes. Sorry, yeah, that's not a good excuse." <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've been out in the sun all day, but that was. Uh, that that one I think topped it all from the ones that I can remember at least. <laughs> okay, and and I don't know how you have time to do this, but you have a hobby of going to other minor league baseball stadiums when you're not working. How many stadiums have you been to, and which is your favorite? So. I want to say I've been to about, I want to say it's anywhere from 35 to 40 stadiums. Okay. Um, t- 10 of those being major league stadiums uh, and the rest being minor league stadiums. Okay. Um, hands down, I will say the best major league stadium uh, is Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's my, that's my favorite, too. Yeah, I mean, just the views. The we went on a Saturday night. They had a fireworks show um, with fireworks in the river, on the bridge, and off uh, buildings in downtown. I mean, that if any place I got, I can go back to. I'll go back there. Um, so that was amazing. As far as minor league baseball, I mean, you know, I'll give my shout outs to to Durham um, just because you know they're it's it's so magical there it's you know on a july 4th when you get twelve thousand people in there and you got people watching from the highway uh for these fireworks and places that you can't believe that they're fitting in and you know the fire marshal is literally counting heads as they walk in yeah um you know and i'll give you know give a shout out to delmarva as well i mean just the improvements they made it's you know you can't compete but um i will say that by far my most favorite is actually Greenville. Okay. And it's, you know, it's, it's modeled after Fenway. Um, yep. So that's pretty cool, but I, it's actually the experience. Um, okay. 
you know, before I even made it to my seat, I think I had seven people come up to me and say, you know, welcome. Can I help you? Welcome. You know, welcome. Wow. Have you ever been here before? I mean, it was that, and that makes the ballpark. That oh, makes yeah. it worth the while to go. Yeah. So, but yeah, I've been to some bad ones. I've been to some good ones. Um, you know, I've been to, I can't say that I think I've been to all of the fields featured in the movie Bull Durham. Okay. I think, I think I've accomplished that. I think I maybe might be missing one. Okay. Um, but, uh, but I've accomplished all those. All right. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but my buddy, one of my good friends, um, Timmy Hines, he, well, he was the first guest on this podcast, um, and he was a groomsman of mine in my wedding, um, but he is the director of Stadium Ops for Greenville now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, nice. So, That's awesome. So, yeah, I'm hoping to get down there and, and visit um, yeah, at some you, point. Yeah, it's, it's something you got to – we did a – that was a baseball trip that I did that we went to uh, Gwinnett, Atlanta – and then on the way home, we stopped in Greenville. Okay, very cool. Um, but yeah, that was that that was by far the best stadium I'd been to. So, like me, I know you're a big food guy. What's the best concessions item you've enjoyed in your travels? You know, I, honestly, I am a big food guy, but I don't. I really don't get concessions. Okay, you know, I'm a I'm a basic get a beer and a hot dog kind of guy really you know okay when i go to a you know i don't go out and get something special um give me a hot dog give me a beer give me some nachos and and call it a day i'm sure that's gonna be different now that uh we're about a mile away from the uh trash pandas uh, which will probably be uh, season ticket holders or mini plant holders there there you go i'll take my wife and kids and i'm sure we'll be uh dipping dot and ice cream fans but uh, I need to get some you know. merch from the Trash Pandas just for the logo uh, <laughs> to coincide with my last name. That's that's it. I mean, of course, I want to go there at some point. Um, yeah, Rocket but, City Trash Pandas. Yeah, they're literally. I mean, they are. I mean, it's probably a five minute drive from where I live. Wow, that's wild. So, and it's it's a very nice stadium. You can see it off the highway. So I'm excited to add that to my list of places to go. Okay. Very cool. So, so where can the listeners find you on social media, Brian? Um, well, I'm hitting all three of them, Facebook, uh, Twitter, um, and Instagram. Uh, Twitter is what I, I, don't, I don't think I post anything. Um, I'm sure my wife gets upset because I don't post anything anywhere. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, but uh, you can find me on Twitter at, uh, they call me Big A. Uh, all right. That's my, my handle there, so. All right. And you know you've you've been a long term listener. You know yeah, I yeah. you know I end every episode with the same question. And uh, people, you can find this special playlist of the best walk up songs. Um, here, let me find it real quick. It's called the Pulling Tart Podcast Walk Up Playlist on Spotify. Yeah, I've listened to it. Cool. I'd say I'm a, I'm a subscriber and I've listened Perfect. to it and it's got me hyped a couple days just to get me going in the morning. Nice. Um, so no, this is uh, this is my favorite question and I've been looking forward to this uh, ever since we we started talking. It, um, yeah. So I mean, this being a media guy, like do you, I've been requested so many walk up songs. 
Yep. Oh yeah. So I remember them coming to me and asking me, "Where's Bobby? Yeah, hey, where, I got to change my song." Yep. Exactly. I went zero for four last night. I need to change my song. Yeah. Um, exactly. So, what exactly. has been your favorite walk up or warm up song in your baseball career, and who's was All right. it? All right. So I'm going to take this back a little bit. Right. Um, so in college, I went to a very very small college, uh, Greensboro College. And I will say my high school is bigger than my college. Okay. Um, but my roommate there, we came across a song, and it was called The Safety Dance. Yeah. And we, I don't know why, but we played it all the time. We watched the video. We would die laughing. It was one of our songs that we played. And still to this day, when I text them, I'll text them things of the safety dance okay because um, the video is absolutely hysterical all right um so while i was in durham we had a player by the name of dan johnson and uh, i don't know if you know of him uh, but he went on to so. do some special things with tampa okay um he hit a two-run home run in the bottom of the ninth inning to tie the ball game um, for Evan Longoria to hit, I think they called, I think that's game 163 or whatever they called it. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Hit, To hit the game winning. But he actually has a seat uh, in right field on two outs, 0-2 count, hit a bomb, um, and he has a white seat out in the Tropicana. Nice. But uh, the story I heard, I don't know if it's true, is he lost a bet while he was in Durham to someone about something, and they had to change his walk-up song. Well, his walk-up song became The Safety Dance. All right. Well, when that song hit, I believe that night, he went three for four with two bombs. (laughs) Nice. Okay. And so for the rest of the year, that song stuck. And that, by, by hands down, has been my favorite walk-up song all right. uh, to have that. So I'm excited that I get to add it to the list. There we uh, go. Everybody, everybody can enjoy it at least once. All right, perfect. So we'll ride out with the safety dance. Um, and again, thank you so much, Bryda, for... I, I forget that your first name's Andrew, honestly, because uh, I just call yeah. you Bryda. Um, but <laughs> no, thank, I'm not used to people calling me uh, Andrew anymore yeah. now with the new job. So... So again, thank you so much for taking the time out of your evening away from you know the new little one and your wife um, and uh, reminiscing on some of these old minor league baseball stories with me. And uh, it's good catching up with you, and I hope yeah, we can course. do it again sometime. Yeah, thank you so much, Bobby. Again, congrats to, to you and the missus. And uh, sorry we couldn't be there, but uh, I'm excited. Excited, and uh, I got to give a shout out because my wife keeps saying that she wants to be featured. But oh uh, yeah, shout out to Maria Brida. There you go, shout out to Maria Brida. So I appreciate it, Bobby. Thanks for thanks for allowing me to come on here. Absolutely, man. Anytime. Anytime. We can dance if we want to. We can leave your friends behind. Cause your friends don't dance And if they don't dance Well, they're no friends of mine See, we can go where we want to Place where they will never find And we can act like we come from out of this world Leave the real one far behind 
You've listened to the Pulling Tarp Podcast, distributed by Stoveleg Media. Make sure you check out our page at stoveleg.com to learn more about Bobby and the rest of the show. Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation.